Welcome back to the Backstage Cowboys podcast. Today I'm at Total Events in Montreal and I'm with Adam Zemmel. Damn. <laughs> Cut. Take two. Yeah, take two. <laughs> I'm with Adam Zemmel, Lauren Levitt, and Andrew Jarvo. Hi, guys. Hi, Thanks for hi. being on the show. Thanks for having us. Uh, listen, first of all, Lauren, you're the owner of the company, right? Sure am. Okay, so uh, tell me about you. What, uh, what, what's your background? What's my background the company's background? My background dates back prior to Total Events. We started Total Events 25 years ago in 1993. Before that, I was working in concert production, primarily uh, on the lighting side. That was my specialty where I got my uh, start. I was also DJing on the side, so that was always a fun passion for me. We started Total in 93 really as a spawn-off of the uh, AV company that was a partner at the time in it and um, quickly grew from really an entertainment company into an event production company where we partnered with the core teams. We par partnered with uh, production houses to really bring uh, something a little bit more service-oriented and creative to the mix. Later in the equation, um, we started really focusing on building our infrastructure here and building the team from a company that was three people at the at the start uh, into a team of event producers, event designers, um, creative people, project management people. And I will say in the past, I would say five to 10 years, it's really transformed into a full service design and production house. So. How many employees do you have? How many people work here? It's a bit of a loaded question because we have um, on payroll, when I say payroll, is a mix of full-time team, part-time team, and uh, pugists, uh, freelance guys. On the freelance side, we're probably over 80 guys working regularly, regularly on uh, shifts with us. In terms of in-house, right now we're 18. We were 22 for our office uh, holiday party, so that usually gives me a good equation of where we're at. Uh, and hiring now, we're looking for three or four new players on the team uh, to add to the mix, and it's it's always evolving and growing. At the same time, we're very fortunate. We have guys who've been around here a very long time, um, and I like to think it's because we take good care of them that they stick around and they're part mm -hmm. of the family. Uh, but we've had staff here for you know over 13 years, 14 years, that have been part of the mix. And in today's world, as you know, that's a, that's no easy task. So. Wow. Uh, by the way, uh, if you're hearing funny noises in the back, uh, we are in Dorval or close to Dorval, so there might be planes taking off and landing here. Uh, strangely enough, uh, the airport closes at night, so <laughs> we're lucky enough to uh, be in the daytime right now. Um, okay, uh, what I'd like to know is um, the what kind of events do you guys produce? I mean, I'm told that you produce your own events. You don't do rental. Uh, you don't rent gear, right? We try not to. I mean, I was in that business prior, and uh, we know that when guys rent equipment, they don't necessarily treat it in the best possible way. Uh, part of what makes us uh, unique is that when we have our gear running on events, we know it gets to the show and it actually works, and that's because we're the ones handling it. It's our team producing it. We're using our gear, and we're buying very specialized gear for our productions, so it's not... Uh, low-end, uh, you know, cheap uh, disposable equipment, as we call it. We buy higher-end equipment that we know is reliable. 
uh, for us in our industry, we don't have a second chance to make an impression. So it's got to show up, it's got to work, and it's got to be uh, at the top of its game all time. So we don't do rentals. Uh, the guys are very happy about that because maintenance-wise, it's a hell of a lot easier. Um, and uh, like I said, we uh, we move our own gear out to our productions. And that goes from sound, lighting, audiovisual, even into decor and curtaining and soft goods. Okay, so it's a, a turnkey thing. Correct. You show up on a gig and you supply everything. You you also have furniture, right? Yeah, tables, um, chairs, whatever. We don't. We did at one point, and we said, okay, let's focus on where we work best, and really uh, moved our energy into, uh, like I said, the design components and the technical design side of uh, our industry. I see. That's great, Andrew. Mm. You are production manager, right? I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other titles? Uh, many. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, it depends on the day. Honestly, it could be technical direction, it could be design team, it could be lighting operator, it could be working with the guys in the shop, it could be working on repairs. Literally, it's the I'm just as turnkey as the company is. Oh, that's great. So, how old are you? Uh, 29. 29. Wow. And how, and how long have you been doing this? I've been working with Lawrence since 2006, and then I've been doing this through college and in high school as well. Wow. Can, so, can you tell me a bit about your background? I mean, how 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 did you start out? What 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 made you what made it click? I actually knew that I wanted to be in this kind of an industry since I was five years old. And when my mom got me my first Fisher Price <laughs> microphone and tape deck sound system, and I would do little recordings and put on little shows for my parents. And honestly, it just stuck with me ever since. And then throughout high school, I was always part of the AV. Uh, working in the theater, working on lighting, changing things, convincing them to actually buy moving lights, which is incredible for someone at that age to be like, okay, well, we have moving lights now. It's an amazing experience. And then went into theater because I felt that that was more where I wanted to go and then realized that there's no money in theater and then <laughs> chose to go into live entertainment and, and more special events instead and then kind of stuck with it ever since and sticking with it for the foreseeable future as well. Ah, oh, man, that's cool. And, I, I want to add something to that. Yeah. When Andrew started with us, he was a truck driver. Literally green as green can be. He wanted to get into it. He said, I'll do what I need to do. I'll work in the shop. I'll drive trucks. And I saw this spark. And I remember calling him into my office and saying, Drew, I see something there. Treat the company as your own. And one day you'll feel that way. And you'll feel that you're part of something amazing. And what is it now? 11 years later. Yeah. Unbelievable. And he's still a baby. Time flies. <laughs> oh, that's great! It's, it's actually it's just getting into the uh, to the industry, getting your foot in the door, and then uh, evolving and showing what you can do. But I don't think it's just getting your foot in the door. It's also getting your foot into a door to a place that you realize that hey, there's something bigger here. I want to be part of something bigger here. And then there's a lot of people that give up on that experience right away, and they just like okay, well, you know what? Hey, there's another little opportunity, and then they go somewhere else, and they go somewhere else, and they run around, run around all the time. Hmm. So it's sometimes you know what you got to just see with what you have in one place and maybe just invest a little bit more time in it in the other way as well. Yeah. So tell me, what's the biggest challenge or struggle you've had in your career so far? Uh, stress management is probably the biggest <laughs> thing that is, is the most difficult to manage because we're thrown into all kinds of situations where we have to remain calm and find a solution. There, you always need to find a solution. If you can't find a solution, then you gotta you got to make one up. <laughs> this is probably the best way to kind of put that. And that's probably the most difficult thing that I've had to kind of develop in terms of a skill is really that stress management and being able to stay calm in situations where all like everything's breaking down and you got to find a way to put it all back together. Okay. And, and you face that 
almost every day. Yeah, um, that's so tell me, what's bad. what do you like so much about your work to, to have you put up with that all the time? At the end of the day, the creation that you've created or been part of creating is the most exp amazing experience. And really to kind of like look back and like even like you can look back on, on past events and pictures and it's like, wow, you know, what? we created that. There's something really interesting about being able to say that and, and you, you feel proud of what you've created. And it's just on the level of creativity that I get involved in, it makes me feel even more gratified. Um, I know you do a lot of classy events. Uh, you do a lot of corporate events. Um, have you worked with, um, uh, with stars, with uh, famous people? <laughs> uh, you know, everybody thinks they're famous, so yes, all the time. But uh, <laughs> Lauren gets to work with me on a weekly basis. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> uh, we've had the opportunity to, <clears throat> to hire, to bring in uh, specialty acts, performers, on many occasions. Um, I'm not a starstruck kind of guy, but you know, it's uh, it's interesting to work with guys behind the scenes. Most recently, we brought in the guys from Blue Rodeo for a project. Um, mm -hmm. I've worked with them, I think, three times now. We've hired Flowrider and worked with him on two different events. Um, again, I, I've my history goes back to working with lots of different guys from uh, the Tea Party back in the days, uh, Beastie Boys, oh, yeah. uh, Great Big C. You know, so I come out of a, a a concert world um, and like that's maybe that's why I'm not phased by it but we do have clients who ask us to bring in talent more often than not what we're trying to do now is develop entertainment concepts develop creative concepts using local talent using Canadian talent uh, rather than just going here's a headliner and that's it and that's again part and parcel of our service in a creative design agency oh cool Adam Yes. So tell, tell me, what what is it that you do? You, I, I see um, you're in sales, right? You're a production uh, manager. Production manager. You, print shop production, production manager. manager. Okay. So uh, what is it that you do exactly? Are you, you you do exactly the same thing as Andrew, or or you got your own thing? I pretty much do the same thing as Andrew does. He's been at this company a little bit longer than I have. I've been around for about 19 years. Um, I started as a DJ, went into lighting operations management, um, event design. And, you know, a few years ago I decided um, I needed a change of scenery. So I gave Lauren a call, see what was happening here. And we've been going back and forth. Uh, we were going back and forth for a few years. And I finally decided to, uh, to make the move, to come over to um, another company uh, that specializes more into uh, higher end event production than taking whatever whatever is available um i can do it all <laughs> <laughs> so there is a future for djs <laughs> yeah stop DJing. <laughs> I, I was gonna say i think it's a, you know that industry also has changed greatly back in the day djs were technicians too they set up they took down mm -hmm. today they show up with a laptop it's a little different right. mentality but uh, when i started i was given the keys to the van here's the equipment set it up dj your party pack it up come back start all over again the next day at 10 a.m. Load up the van, go to the next gig, DJ. So times have changed. Yeah, so how did you start uh, DJing? How did I start? It was a part-time job while I was in, uh, in college, CJP, and uh, it went from there. I, I continued my education all the way to uh, university level. Um, I started an engineering program, but I enjoyed the business too much, and push came to shove. I pushed the education to the side and I've okay. been here ever So ever that since. career wasn't necessarily planned. You were kind of doing it as a part-time job. Right, and, and it, it was just a part-time and I enjoyed it, yeah. 
Oh, that's great. Um, listen, I, what I'd like to know, if it hadn't have worked out in this business, what else would you be doing right now? I would be doing architecture. Really? Yeah. Did you still think about it? Uh, every <laughs> once in a while I do. Uh, I mean, I do a lot of floor plans here, so um, it plays a bit of a role. I, I put a lot of detail into floor plans that don't need detail, but that's just the way I, I never it, noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, inter it's interesting, Claude, because, you know, there is a lot of design and architecture and engineering that goes into what we do. We look at how to build rigs, how to build, you know, sustainable setups uh, that, that can structurally, you know, hold up. So there's a lot of different techniques. I think what, you know, I speak for pretty much everybody around here. What we love about this industry is we get up every day and we love going to work because it's different every day. It's always a different project. There's always something new happening. Speaking to Adam's point of, you know, being monotonous and doing the same thing all the time, our strength here is creativity. So that means changing and then call it OCD, call it uh, ADD, call it whatever you want. But at the end of the day, we like we're excited when the project is different and unique and interesting. Aye. Right. Because I'm coming. I was coming from another company that was it was very cookie cutter. Everything was always the same. Okay. And I needed a change. I needed things to be different. It's, it's a challenge. Even yeah, on the to design, do the same thing over and over and over, it's very, as Lauren said, monotonous. So. Even on a design level, it's it's there's something excited about having like a blank canvas. Yeah, and yeah. like taking that blank page of, of whatever project you're working on and really build up from that, and like, oh, well, what if we do this instead, or you know, put that truss like that instead? It could look interesting, or you know, do a curve instead of a straight truss. Like it's there's so many different designs that you'll come up with just by actually like playing on the plan and actually like drawing essentially. Mm-hmm. I have a killer question, and this question is for Adam and Andrew. Lauren, you're rich. We don't need to know. How's the money, guys? How's the money? How are you doing? <laughs> the money's actually really good. When you find a company to work with that takes care of you and treats you like the family, there's an extra bonus to that, regardless of how you want to think about it, and that has a value as well. So even if you're working in cinema and you do that one call in cinema and you're like, oh my God, I'm making so much what you're doing in cinema, it doesn't mean that that career is going to be for you or it's going to be around. So sometimes, you know what, you got to do what's right for you in terms of what makes you happy in the morning too, even if it means, you know, making a little bit less. If you, if you know what, if it, what makes you happy is making coffee, get a job at Starbucks. <laughs> like it's serious. You know what, you got to do what makes yeah. you happy at the end of the day, right? So it's... I think that's what's more important than the money side of thing. And sure, the money side of thing is important too, uh, because you know what? We all got to make a living. We've got all got to be happy. Adam and I both have families. We're both we both have homes. We both support ourselves very well. So I think that considering the career path that we've chosen, we're both doing very well for ourselves. Okay, uh, tell me, guys, I, and whoever would like to answer this question, what would you consider to be the biggest event you've ever produced? Biggest in what term? I mean, biggest in... Well, in the most challenging, let's say. Two very different things. Um, yeah. <laughs> challenging, I, I don't want to necessarily name off one for privacy for our clients, but um, we work in crea in both corporate and private world, um, and we've faced really unique challenges. We've had, we did a project last September that was a, it was a beast of a project, and aside from it being a beast in the million details in the design and in the project and four days of events... Um, we changed two venues, one of them a month before, one of them three days before. Wow. Because they outgrew, before. two days before, sorry. <laughs> they outgrew, they had sold so many tickets and so many spots that we had to move the entire project two days before. And mm. I can assure you at that point, pre-production was already well completed and done. So um, 
you know, those are the challenges we face. It's sometimes a challenge of crew um, availability, of crew not showing, of uh, clients changing their mind. That's a very popular one. Uh, and the biggest factor today, I would say, is that um, clients don't necessarily understand the process. So there's an expectation that we're going to respond immediately, that we're going to adapt immediately, that they can make a decision 10 minutes before and it's okay, that there's no work that has to go in prior. And that's just the you know the nature of the world today. Everybody mm-hmm. wants immediate response. You open up your phone, you have an immediate answer. So, you know, we used to know a year before what we were working on. Now, if we know a month before, we're in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be geared and and ready to turn around on a dime, right? Exactly. It's the unknown. Yeah. Let's talk about staff. Um, I like uh, like you said, you had like 80 uh, freelancers working for you uh, in and out. So, I mean, what what? I've got so many questions on this topic. <laughs> the first thing, topic. Yeah. yeah. The first thing I'd like to know is, like, let's say this technician is working for you. Um, how often can that person expect to be called? I mean, how, how many hours a week or if it's quantifiable like that? So we feed a lot of people. I'll just I'll state it as that. Um, we do over 300 events a year. Mm-hmm. So just the sheer volume of events, there's a potential for people to work a lot for us, um, which is why a lot of the crew that work with us regularly love being part of it because they get to know each other, they get to work together. The biggest challenge with crew today is their availability, their loyalties. Um, the next generation of crew coming through don't have the same culture. So if for them, it's a quick contract. There's no career thought process. There's no long-term thought process. There's what's next? Where can I go next? How can I make the most possible amount of money? Unfortunately, you know, there's no regulation over what salaries are in this industry. So everybody comes in with their own idea of what they're comfortable making. I think a lot of people are very well paid. I think a lot of people may be underpaid. I think there are people that are well overpaid for their experience as well. And I had recently a young crew say to me, he goes, you know, it's really, uh, you know, I'm doing a great job and I'm doing a lot of work. And it it bothers me that a guy who I'm working on a show crew with may be folding folding curtains and he's making more money than me. Mm. And I had to remind him, I said, so that guy you specifically were referring to is 47 years old. He's been in the business for 20 odd years and he's making $2 more an hour than you. It's not because he's older that he's making it. It's because he's got more experience and you're 21 years old and you're being very well paid for what you do. Yeah. You can't compare one to the next and everyone's uh, job is different. Other than folding curtains, there might be something he can, Correct. you know, he'll, he'll deal with when it happens where the other guy might not have that experience. Yeah. Well, that's it. And the grass yeah. is always greener in people's minds on uh, the other course. side. So um, the culture of, the, of crew in Quebec right now is, uh, I'm going to say challenging. I think that's the best word for it. Mm. Um, there's... There's not a lot of schooling here for it, and I think that uh, the schooling is real life. You have to go and work it, and you have to give yourself a chance at, a, at a, any given company, whether it's with us or with any other company. Stay there for a bit. Learn everything you can possibly learn before you hop around. Yeah, I think loyalty is, is a big thing if you're building your career. I remember when I started, I was working mainly with one company, and there are dead periods in the year. It, it all depends on what what business you're in or, or uh, what, what kind of uh, gigs you're doing but I remember August was pretty quiet and uh, and January was pretty quiet and during those times I'd freak out I'd like I call everybody and say hey I'm available I'm available nobody had work it was all the same thing right and then in February March when everything kicked off they all called me at the same time 
which created a lot of frustration because, well, I wasn't available all of a sudden because the company I, I had been working with called me back. So, you know, a few years later, I understood that when things are quiet, well, it's called a vacation. <laughs> That's all it you is. Need to, you, you need to be smart enough in your finances and in your work ethic to make your money to be able to do that. I mean, yeah. some of the best crew that have come through here, they used to take January and February off and vacation. And I said, how the hell do you do that? He goes, because I was smart enough in my in my budgeting throughout the year. The other thing that's happening today, Claude, and it's a big, big issue, is crew are trying to take everything they possibly can yeah. to make as much possible money, but they're burning themselves out, and instead of doing a great job on all their gigs, they're doing a mediocre or terrible job because they're burnt. Yeah, oh so, yeah, I've seen that many times. So. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, maybe if I could give some advice to somebody starting out in the business, the first thing you need to learn, learn how to manage money. They don't teach you that nope. at school. No. Nope. Yeah, and that and, and how to raise kids also, but that's another story. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a little later for that. But them, you need yeah. to learn how to manage money because otherwise you're just going to work yourself to death and you'll never have anything to show for in the end. Correct. So that's great. So how is it like um, out there on the field? I'm a French guy. I have funny expressions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so how is it like working on the field with these these new people? I mean, I've, I'm guessing that all these new guys you're hiring, some of them are good, some of them are, are bad, some of them uh, want to show that they're good and they're afraid to ask questions. Or How, how do you deal with that on, on the field? It's a lot of holding hands. Yeah, yeah. And it shouldn't be. And, and, you know, we tell everybody... First of all, ask questions. I'd rather you ask. And what happens now, and and I see this, and I've been in the business a long time, we used to come to an event. We used to go out there. We'd look at floor plans before we start anything, and we would ask why. Why does this go here? What is this lighting? What is this doing? What are we trying to cover? Today, they get a plan. They look at it and go, okay, and they walk (laughs) over and they do it. But there's that extra step of saying why, questioning, because the plan may look great, but it's not always right in our in our world. Sometimes there are things on site that you want to adapt. So if you ask why, you say, hey, what about if we do it this way? Don't ever be afraid, and this is to all young crew out there, don't ever be afraid to give your opinion, to say this is what I think, could, that maybe this will work better. And the person who's lead on there will generally tell you, no, it's got to go this way because, and they'll explain to you why, and that's how you learn. Um, but uh, it's challenging. It's really challenging mm-hmm. because people just come and it's like, Tell me where you want me to put this, and I'll put it there, and I'll do it. But there's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of pride in what they're doing. And uh, to all young crew that are listening to this, care about what you're doing and show that you care. Trust me, you will benefit over anybody else who shows that they don't care. That's million-dollar advice. Yeah. Yeah, and I um, I back that up 100%. Well, guys, um, we've been a, bit, a little over time on this one, but uh, I, I, I was expecting that because, you know, you're three people and this is a great company and I, I wanted to get the most I could out of you. Um, I'd like to um, I'd like you to give a bit of, uh, of contact information as if uh, somebody would like to work for you or hire you uh, to uh, for an event. Uh, where can they reach you? Easiest way right now, uh, www.total.ca. On there, there is a contact page that has a, uh, if you want to work as crew, if you want to contact us, there's a contact page with uh, different information. Feel free to check it out. Also on social feeds uh, at TotalMTL. So always reachable. Wonderful. Thank you very much, guys. It's It's been uh, really cool talking to you. Anybody have something else to say that... That they would like mm-hmm. to get off their chest. Now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's confession, uh, confession booth style. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't mind going overtime. No, I, I truly enjoy what I do, and crew is a big challenge in Montreal. But uh, we w work through it, and uh, we're hoping the next generation a little bit better. Well, we're going to try and build that. And just think of it as an art, right? If you're an artist, you're creating a canvas. Your piece of art could be worth $10, be worth a million dollars. It's all about how you put your passion into it as well. So okay. if you're passionate about how you give your art and you do what you do, then it's just gonna be worth that much more. So if you wanna be one of those crew that's, that's making the most on the job, you gotta really give it and show everyone that you want it. And I'm gonna say as a business owner, loyalty goes a really, really, really long way. So invest your time and your energy and I assure you if you find the right boss, you will get the same uh, respect in return. Oh yeah, that's great. Well, thank you very much, guys. Special thanks to AVL Media Group and Avolites, who, in my opinion, make the best lighting consoles in the world. I've said this before. I'm going to say this on every episode. Anybody wanting to test drive an Avolites console um, or get free training can contact me via BackstageCowboys.com. This is Claude Vien returning you once again to whatever you were doing before tuning in.